This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. The joy of the Lord is my strength, which means God's joy doesn't have off days. When problems come, God doesn't go, well, that's big. And he created me to look just like him. He created us to look just like him. So Jesus was so excited to go away. And in John chapter 16, he says this, it is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage I go away, which means he's about to introduce us to something that we're going to have an upper hand in life. And he starts explaining the, ready, Holy Spirit. And I get it. You don't get excited because you've been perverted, but I'm here to just break that off you this morning. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Jesus was so excited to go away to give you this person that he would guide you. And the Bible says this, he would reveal everything that is God's is yours. So you have one job, one job. Everyone look at me. Don't settle. Don't you dare settle. Your dad is God. Don't you dare settle. That's your only job. Don't you dare settle. We talked about his promises and they're rocks, but it's your job not to settle. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Not settling. Because there's a lot of God we need to be experiencing, especially with what's going on in this world. The Holy Spirit is the most excited person in the whole world. Paul tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, the ability to be close with God. It's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And everyone goes, and he lives here. Tell your neighbor, he lives here. Get over yourselves. I'm the children's director. I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to do it. You're supposed to be free. I'm going to prove it to you this morning. I'm going to read the Bible to you. So you can't debate me. Abel, I don't feel free. Good. I'm going to read you the Bible. Maybe not reading the Bible. Could we go to Galatians chapter 5, please? Oh, yeah. Ooh, um, my middle schoolers are here. Can we give it up for them? Can we give it up for uh, Nate and all, and all your helpers? Could you please stand up? Could, could all the middle school, Nate, Andrea, could we clap it up for these guys? What Nate is doing is exactly that, teaching them not to study God, to know God. I think so many of us study God, but we don't know him. Last week, Pastor Ransford talked about Goliath. Can I tell you something? Your Goliath is not scared of you going, God is good. Because he's going to go, I don't believe you know that. And he's going to go, how good is he? And then what he does is he tries to get you to, I'm going to say it, settle, compromise, bully you out of receiving the fullness of who he is. That's his only job, is to bully you. All he has is a voice, right? So Galatians chapter 5, I have good news for you this morning. Can you go for it? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. That's past tense. You're free now. You don't look like it. I will talk about it. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Read it again. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, the freedom by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, I'm going to read it in the Passion. Do we have the Passion up there? Oh, you guys did that. Thank you. Go team. This is the Passion. At last, we have freedom. So let's just, let's just use our, 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 our weapons. I... I'm so free, and it's not my fault. Good job. You guys are better than my kids. 
At last we have freedom for why? For Christ has set us free. Past tense. Past tense. Christ has set us free. Now I love this next part because we're going to break this down. Because so many of us get tangled again with this yoke of bondage. We feel this wrestle match with the devil. That's just an illusion. And I believe here, Paul really awakens us. Why? We must always cherish this truth. Say cherish. This is to me what it means to stand fast in Christ. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I'm going to say another, say this way. Another word is this. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I think so many of us, we, we become so accommodating to negativity. We become so accommodating to the devil that the negative report comes in and we're like, yeah, sure, I'll put that on my shelf somewhere. We become so accommodating. And I believe it's because we don't cherish truth. We're not overwhelmed by truth. For example, you're forgiven. See, remember, what's the enemy's job? To pervert words. This world teaches you, I forgive you, but I'll never forget. God goes, I see you perfect and flawless. I remember your sins no more. What you did yesterday, I don't even remember. Stop bringing it up. I dealt with it on the cross 2,000 years ago. I see you perfect, holy, flawless. And guess what? I'm excited about it. So how about, how about we begin this conversation of how excited I am about you? What did Jesus come to bring? Boringness and boringness more abundantly? Is that what my Bible says? No, he said life and life more abundantly. I love the way Graham Cook says, he says, so that means the only way to partner with God is you have to partner through laughter. There's a reason it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. But I love that. You have to partner with God through laughter. And I'm curious how many of us have actually heard the Father laugh. That right there means we're being perverted. We're not overwhelmed with how good he really is. Remember when, when Moses said, God, show me your glory. God said, I'm going to cause my goodness to pass before you. So our job is to be overwhelmed with truth, but get to know what is in this goodness. And I'm here to tell you this. There's no one more addicted, and I mean addicted to truth, than the Holy Spirit. There was no one more that is addicted to truth than the Holy Spirit. In John 16, he tells you this, that... I'm here to guide you into all truth. And how I teach the kids this, and they know this. I don't know if it remembers. He's our tour guide. And then the kids go, why do we need a tour guide? Because he's huge. Because he's huge. And so many of us are like, I got this room of God. This is nice. And Holy Spirit's going, there's more. There's more. Now, here's the thing about truth. Everyone look at me. Sorry if I keep saying look at me. I teach kids. I have to say that a lot. Look at me. <laughs> look at me. This is the funnest part for God. Every truth and promise has to be tested. It has to go through a trial. It has to go through something. It doesn't become real unless you go through something. That's why he's called the helper. You're supposed to overcome something. So he's addicted to a truth trying to get you to overcome something. And if we're not overwhelmed with that truth, this is what happens. We pray the wrong prayers. And we settle. So many of us are settling right now because we don't know what the Holy Spirit is trying to enlarge. Like I said, you going to the devil and going, God is good, he, that does nothing. 
But if he goes, if you would dare to go like, I'm going to show you how kind he is. I'm going to show you how gentle my God is. That's when he goes, okay, he knows a little more. He knows a little more. Demons. Let... Do you know what? I'm a big fan of Graham Cook. But do, do you know what more than a conqueror means, which we're all called to be? It means the devil doesn't show up for the fight. It means I no longer believe God loves me. I know he loves me. I know he loves me. And his love for me doesn't take off days. It doesn't take bathroom breaks. It's every second of every day. On my worst day, his love for me does not change. Period. And the Holy Spirit is in you. I'm going to, where's my men? That I, my, I'm going to do it, Chris. I'm going to do it. There right, I go. I'm going to be the Holy Spirit inside you every morning. Ready? Ooh, 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 ooh. Guess what? Your dad is God. It's going to be a great day. So let me, let me help you, encourage you in every part of your life. Because your dad is God. So you don't ever have to settle ever again. But here's this thing. I need to guide you. It is my job to guide you. And here's this word I'm going to talk about this morning, which I believe the enemy has perverted. Discipline. Oh, there you go. Good answer. You've been hanging around me too much. Everyone say discipline. Honestly, I want to be honest. How many of you, when I said discipline, you got really excited? Raise your hand. Honestly. Well, well, well that, that just shows what's being perverted. Everyone look at me real quick. I keep saying look at me, sorry. I'm not yelling, am I? Okay. Every truth in here, every truth, every revelation, if you can't find the joy in it, you haven't found the kingdom yet. So if I say holy, and you go, Ugh. I'm telling you, his job is just to take this and twist it just a little bit to where when you hear holy, you go, that's hard. I'm going to work at that one. No, he made you holy. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you into that. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You're not down there anymore. You're holy. Let's come on. No, no. Don't bring your sin with you. We, we dealt with that 2000 years ago. Stop it. Stop it. What? 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 No, I don't see nothing. I, I swear, I, I don't see it. What are you pointing to? Come on! He doesn't see it. The gospel is this. Within every single one of you, this is the war inside you. What Adam did versus what Jesus did. And you get to choose. Did Jesus do a better job forgiving you? Or did your mistake do a better job? That's what every single one of you is going on in here. That's what's going on. That's the pressure applied. So anytime you... Everyone look at me. Look at me. (laughs) Every time you feel stress, worry, fear, anything that's not the nature of God, pressure has been applied to an area where you don't trust him in. You don't believe his truth for you in. In other words, you haven't been loved in that area by him. What cast out fear? perfect love. And perfect love is on every second of every day. So my question for you is this. How is God disciplining you? And I'm going to break this word. Can we put up Hebrews? Did I put that on there? Hebrews 12. Yes, I did. Verse 6. I love this verse. Now I need you to be real with me. If this hurts you, be aware. 
For whom the Lord love, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, am I saying that right? Chasten, thank you. Disciplining, whatever. We'll, we'll read it. Chastening, thank you. Of which all have become partaker. This is the part I need you to see. If you are not being chastened or without it, of which all of you have been partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. The New King James says this. If you're not being disciplined by God, you're a bastard. That's what the King James says. A lot of you are like, oh, dang. (laughs) But here's the thing, though. Can I tell you something about disciplining? Each one of us was probably disciplined by someone not other than God. God can only discipline you with his nature. So when you see your chastening, what you should hear is his kindness, his mercy, his love for you, his grace. He disciplines you with his nature. He disciplines you. I'm going to hurt the devil this morning. Everyone look at me. He disciplines you with a smile on his face. Because what he's saying is, you're going to look just like me. And I don't lose. And I don't settle. I take everything because it's mine. And I made you in my image and likeness. So you, everyone say, uh, discipline is this. I love it. I think it was John Crowder that said it. Discipline is just a mode or a vessel for you to experience his pleasure. That's it. Psalm 1611 tells us what? In his presence is fullness of joy. One translation says total and overwhelming celebration. Overwhelming celebration. That's how he disciplines you. (laughs) I did a good job with you. We should be celebrating right now. I dealt with your sin. You're not a sinner, right? In his presence is total celebration. And what? And say it. Pleasures. It will say pleasure. He disciplines you with his nature. Do you understand we serve a God who loves life? To hate the enemy You have to love life. And there's no one that loves life more than the Holy Spirit. No one loves it like him. That's why Jesus said, I got to go. Because he can come. Now, here's what happens, though. Disciplining needs a promise. He disciplines you with a promise. He disciplines you with a part of his nature that he's trying to enlarge. That's why we as Christians should love problems. We should be addicted to them. Because you know who's addicted to your problem? The Holy Spirit, because he got the truth about it. Anytime you got a problem, he goes, oh, happy birthday to us. Yes, yes, happy birthday to us. Because guess what that means? You're not trusting a truth. You're not trusting who he wants to be for you in that. So he's going to guide you into it. He's going to discipline you. So each one of you should know this. If you're taking notes, first thing you need to know is what promise is he, is, he, is he trying to enlarge right now? What part of his nature is he trying to enlarge? And if you don't know, it's really, it's really easy. Make a list of your problems and call it a happy list. And then go, Holy Spirit, wow. Who do you want to be for me in this one? And you can't stop there. Everyone look at me. This is huge. Because then you have to say this. Holy Spirit, 
What does that look like? What does that feel like? What's the discipline? Because that's the fun part for God. I'll give you an example. A lot of you know my car story, how God disciplines me. God, I'm gonna, God goes, Abel, I'm going to introduce you my gentleness. Yes, I'm in. How do you want to do that? You're going to love it, Abel. You're going to get on 66, and you're going to stay on the right lane, and you're not going to move. What? Okay. So that's what I do. Now, if, if you keep reading the Hebrew scripture, it talks about suffering or painful. It's going to be painful. But here's the thing, though. Why did I do it? I was intimate with the Holy Spirit. I, I know what he's trying to do. So it was easy for me to forget it in that right lane. Now, don't get me wrong. I manifested the first two weeks. I absolutely manifested. Why are dump trucks always in the right lane? And why are rocks flying out? Don't they have covers? But the more I embraced it, can I tell you something about my life? And my wife will attest to this. I live in the right lane now. Red lights don't bother me at all. Because I have a part of his nature that's been enlarged. That now when I'm at a red light, he magnifies inside of me. What is God's job? What is the Holy Spirit's job? To glorify. Yeah, right. To glorify Jesus. To magnify who he is. Colossians 1.21 says, living within you is Christ, who is flooding you with an expectation of glory. So if, if your expectation is not growing, you're not being fathered. Or I'm going to say it this way. You might be fathered the other way. I heard this from Graham Cook. <laughs> There's no such thing as an unsurrendered heart. Your heart is surrendered to something. But there's a reason Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Because every second the Holy Spirit is going, there's more. There's always more, Abel. (laughs) I'm sorry if I look intense. I have to be. Because a lot of us are just mundane life. We're walking as if, you know, Jesus said, yeah, it's, it's finished, sure. This is how you know if God's been magnified in you. It's two things. Your thanksgiving and your praise is only increasing. If your praise and thanksgiving isn't increasing, the other guy is magnifying something. I'll say it again. If your praise or thanksgiving hasn't grown, he's not being enlarged. How does the devil do that? How does he want to do it? Like I said, he bully, he intimidates, he gets you distracted, right? Can I read, uh, can you put up Colossians 2, verses 8? I have on here, you have a note on here, it says three slides. Do you need to know that? (laughs) I'm helping you out. I work with children, man. I got to talk to my people back there. Quick, I got two more minutes before this guy runs up the wall. (laughs) You guys are being so good. (laughs) I'm enjoying this. I'm going to sit down. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. Chris, don't give it away. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom. 
when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with the humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. So many of us are praying wrong prayers either because we're not being intimate we're not, we're not asking questions. And this is the other one. We're so distracted by the natural realm. Colossians 3 says what? Set your mind on things above. The Passion Translation says this. Yearn, feast, fill, and flood yourself with heavenly realities. And don't be distracted with the natural realm. Last week, um, Pastor Ransford talked about that. The heavenly reality was David had a promise that he was to be king, and he's not king yet. So it's like, Goliath, dude, sucks to be you. He has a promise from God. He's had intimacy. His pressure launched him into God being bigger for him. God doesn't enlarge in your heart without a problem. I dare you to write that down. God doesn't enlarge in your heart without a problem. That's why the Holy Spirit feasts on problems. Hungry for problems, loves problems. So every day you should you should know this. What is the promise? What is he trying what is he enlarging your heart? And then you have to ask him this. What does that look like for me? We have to be disciplined. And remember, he disciplines you with his nature. I am um uh, where I live, I work in the I work in the yard and I work in the fields, and um, and it just some you guys know this your your job and all of a sudden you just get attacked right thoughts just come out of nowhere and it's like what the heck is going on and I'm doing my thing and I'm not enjoying it and I I prayed a prayer that almost lost me my inheritance I said God get I need rescue I need you to get me out of here. And then I sat with the Holy Spirit, and he goes, Abel, this is your answer. And I'm like, well, what do you mean this is my answer? And he goes, you, you never asked me what I'm trying to enlarge here. And I said, okay, what are you trying to enlarge? And he says, Abel, your gentleness is the most biggest weapon that I've given you against the enemy. I'm trying to enlarge that. Your joy is the biggest weapon that you have against the enemy, and you're missing it. You're praying for me to get you out of it. And I said, okay, so obviously I'm supposed to be here. So what's the discipline? And he said, slow down. <laughs> Literally, I just, that's all he said, slow down. And I'm like, okay, I could do that. So the next day I'm walking to get the stuff. And he's like, Abel, you're walking fast. God, you're walking fast. <laughs> That's what I said to him. And I began just, you know, walking like a human being. And then he would go slower, Abel. Slower. And as it began to, to get slow, I started enjoying it. And I, it was supernatural. Remember, when the Holy Spirit disciplines you, he changes you supernaturally. That, that's the essence of who he is. It's supposed to be supernatural. All of a sudden, I'm starting enjoying things. All of a sudden, something happened. 
I started smelling. And I'm like, it smells great out here. Has it always been like this? And he's like, yes. <laughs> yes. I've been trying to get you to enjoy this the whole time. And you're missing me. You're missing it. And I'm learning more and more. I'm like, okay. So every night and every morning, I, I have a discussion. In the morning, Holy Spirit, what do you want to enlarge? What's the habit that you want to enlarge in me? And at the nighttime, I reflect on it. So one day he said, and I do this every day. Everyone look at me. Every day. If you're not experiencing glory to glory, that's all based on your intentionality with him. Some of you think glory to glory is every season. Is, you know, from season to, it can be every day. Glory to glory can be every single day. You can look more like him tomorrow if you were dare embrace that. So he said, every morning I do this and I have a journal and I write it down. I go, what are you embracing today? And he goes, Abel, you're going to embrace... What did he tell me? Oh, yeah, yeah. you're going to embrace inconvenience. I don't like that one. (laughs) But he spoke it to me. And sure enough, I had my day mapped out. And guess who came knocking at the door? Inconvenience. But I knew it was coming. So when I saw it, you know what I did? Oh, it's here. And I embraced it. Instead of whining and complaining and doing the language of hell, I got my upgrade. When you choose to whine and complain... Oh, this is how I teach the kids. If you choose to whine and complain, you miss your inheritance, which is what the Father wants to give you the most. You miss everything that he's trying to give to you. Ephesians 5 says what? I'll tell you. <laughs> you guys look at me. Where's the punchline? <laughs> you ready what Paul says? <laughs> Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Paul says, I've called you to be imitators of God. As a new father, there's nothing more that just touches my heart when my son tries to imitate me. Like when I pray, sometimes I do this. And sometimes I'm not aware. And then all of a sudden I walk in the house and look at my son and he's going. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Yeah. He's just like me. And that's what God wants. If you're not being disciplined by the Holy Spirit, this is the other truth. If, as soon as you stop being disciplined by the Holy Spirit, you begin to go backwards. In the kingdom, you're either growing or you're going backwards. As soon as you lose, you get complacent, you go backwards. Think of the parable of the talents. Our God is a God of increase. He made you to look just like him. And he's going, there's more, there's so much more. And I'm going to say it again. Our job is not to what? Settle. Yes, complain, but settle. All right, let me go to this next verse. How's everyone doing? Can you put up Romans 8, verse 16? I don't know, Ralph loves... This is the Holy Spirit's job. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into your innermost being, you are God's beloved son. You are God's beloved daughter. Every morning, like I said, the Holy Spirit wakes up and goes, your dad is still God. (laughs) It's exciting. Ask me questions. Ask me questions. It's a terrible question. Ask me another question. (laughs) 
I want to say this. Problems are great. But here's the thing, though. Every problem needs a promise. And what you focus on will enlarge. So I have a group of guys that we meet once a week on Zoom. And we, go through, we have 10 minutes each to go through our week. And we share what God's trying to enlarge. We talk about our problem for two minutes and the rest on his promise. Do you hear that? We don't stay on the problem. If you stay on the problem, what you're saying is it's bigger than God. Is that true? I mean, here's the thing, though. Ready for this? As you believe in your heart, that's what you will walk out. So each one of you is, God, what part of your nature do you want to enlarge? For me, the biggest thing that he got me was his kindness. And it never stops. Paul, you remember Paul? He was a murderer. It says it was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. And he tells Titus, when the loving kindness of P appeared towards me, that's what turned me. Do you study or do you know? And that's the Holy Spirit's job. Everyone say, I have the Holy Spirit. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing great on time. Is this helping? I think the biggest thing I want you to get out of this is your weeks should not be looking the same. If they're looking the same, the other guy is gaining ground. What you focus on will expand. I want to talk and just end about joy real quick. Everyone say joy. Our father, our dad, smiles. Because when it came to you versus your sin, he did a good job. When it came against you and your sickness, you and your debt, you and any problem you have, he did a good job. And the Holy Spirit's job is to magnify that. And when we choose to, I'm going to say it, whine and complain, and, and I have this as a rule with the kids. They all know it. First rule, raise your hand. Second rule, call us Mr. Mr. Coach. Not dude, broski. I don't do that. Right? But my last rule, and they all know it. I go, what's the last rule? They go, no whining or complaining. Tell me why. Because I don't want to miss my inheritance. They know it. They know it. That's what you see in Numbers chapter 14. God promised his people this land. Promised them. And he put it in a big, what we would call a problem. And a whole generation missed it because they prayed the wrong prayer. They're huge. They whined. They complained. They forgot how big God wanted to be for them. But then you had two people of Joshua and Caleb saying, let's go now. Let's go now. Let's go now. It's such a sad story because a whole generation missed their inheritance. How many of you are missing your inheritance because you're settling? If God promised you a mansion, don't you settle for a townhouse. I'm serious. My wife and I were attacked recently, and we were praying the wrong prayer. 
And it wasn't until I asked him, I said, okay, Holy Spirit, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm praying, praying the wrong prayer. What are you trying to learn here? Patience. Oh, if, see, this is why you need to know how he's fathering. If he's fathering you in patience and you know that, then what do you, guess what, what your prayer is not? Rescue me, right? That's the wrong prayer. The prayer is give me a passion to be here. What do you want to teach me here? What do you want me to enjoy here? Well, you see that, right? You have Joseph, and uh, it was a Genesis 37. God gives him two amazing dreams. You are going to rule. Everyone is going to bow to you. What we think is this. God gives you this. He goes, I'm going to take you here, and I'm going to take you here. And we think, oh, it's going to be like this. And God goes, no, it's going to be like this, because I want to have fun with you, because there's upgrades up here. There's upgrades up here. There's upgrades. So I need you to enjoy every second of it. I need you to drench out as much joy as you can on every part of the journey. You have Joseph who was thrown. Could could you imagine? His brothers tried to murder him. I don't hear God, get me out of here. He's thrown into slavery. I don't hear God rescue me. What does he do? The Lord was with him, so he brought favor. He brought favor. He didn't pray for rescue. Some of you are praying for rescue where he's trying to give you favor. Stop praying the wrong prayer. That's why it's important you embrace what the Holy Spirit, you should know. If I, at the end of the day, I should ask you, what is the Holy Spirit enlarging? And if you don't have an answer, I promise you, you're probably praying a wrong prayer. And the Holy Spirit's going, no, 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 not, not rescue. Bad prayer, bad prayer. Let's try again. I'm going to teach you patience. I'm going to teach you how to endure. Do you guys know what endure means? Do you know what endure means? My kids know. Patsy's uh, granddaughter, it's her favorite one. Because we talk about what God is. And we go, God is love. Love thinks no evil. God, love never turns off. Love only hopes for the best, no matter what the situation looks like. And that God, and I, I go to the switches and I pretend to break it. God never turns off. When you sleep, he's still on. When you're in the shower, he's on. When you're in the bathroom, he's still on. So his love is always available. But the other one is this. He endures all things. Do you know what endure means? Everyone look at me. Here we go. Look at me. Because you, you're going to have to be tested in this area. You know what endure means? To choose to suffer patiently. Some of you are like, oh, happy birthday to me. Yeah, you should be. To choose to suffer patiently. So Joseph is in this slavery house and is just doing a great job because God is with him and favor is just falling on him that he gets promoted. Someone lies about him and is toxic behind his back. So now he's thrown in prison. Now's the time to ask for rescue, right? Not even close. Once again, he brings favor to the prison. He's enjoying prison. He's embraced what God is trying to do in his heart in prison. So he gets promoted and he's like, oh, this is robbers. You're in this cell. Murderers, you're in cell three. And he's just rocking and rolling. He's embraced the process that he's doing. He's not praying, get me out of here. Does that make sense? When we pray the wrong prayers, we will settle. Don't you dare settle. Look at me. So I look at the kids too. I got to be a little more aggressive with you guys. I'm serious though, because I feel it in here. Don't you dare settle. Your dad is God. Don't you, don't you dare settle. If you got a promise, don't you dare settle. Abel, how do I settle? Or how do I not settle? Ask. It's called the fight of faith. 
What is faith, Chris? Shout it. Faith is your ability to rest in the promise. This is the posture of how you fight. You're resting saying, I'm not moving an inch, devil. God is my is bigger than you. Sucks to be you. I saw what you did, and now I'm going to be really patient. In fact, I'm going to be even more gentle right now just to give you a bad day. In fact, those evil thoughts about those people you try to put in there, I'm going to call them and love the hell out of them. I'm going to embrace. It's important that you make the devil pay for everything that he puts on you. And you don't dare give him an inch of real estate of your heart or your dream. You dare give him an inch of real estate. Do you hear me? And when he attacks you, you take longer steps into his territory. So at night, you know what I do? Anytime if I, have a, if I feel like a thought come towards someone where my heart wants to shut off, I write it down. And then I go, all right, devil, <laughs> now you pay. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with this person? You're going to pray for them. You're going to fast for them. You're going to call them first thing in the morning and hug the heck out of them. This is fun. We get to make the devil pay for everything. Isn't that good? So once again, you should know right now what he's trying to enlarge. You should know what promise he is going rest. Because if not, we'll pray the wrong prayer and go, I'm okay with a townhouse. Don't you dare settle. Don't you dare settle. Now, I'm not saying you might not have to go to a townhouse first and then whatever it is. This is an illustration. We know that, right? But this goes with the house too. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Our job is to prove how big our dad is. The Holy Spirit is called the divine encourager for a reason. An encourager is someone who's excited. Someone to encourage you because there's more to go. And the biggest thing, and I'll say this, that's toxic against advancement. Everyone look at me. This is a big one here. Look at me. Pride. Pride. What pride says is this. I've arrived. And the Holy Spirit's like, what are you talking about? You haven't even like gone up to the staircase yet. Pride says, I've arrived. That's why you must remain teachable. You must remain teachable. You get, you, you rob the devil every chance you can. That's why I keep my heart open. I, I learned from Nate. I learned from the young ones. I learned from your kids. I keep my heart open when God wants to speak to me. And I, dr- I drink everything up. Because he told me to pray without ceasing. Which means he goes, every day God goes, I have more to say. I have more to say. And I go, tell me. Yeah, tell me. Don't you dare settle. And I'm telling you, that pride thing. There's, there's a reason it's called pride before the fall. Because the devil was prideful. You know what the devil thought? Psh, I could take God. He got here and he's like, I could take God. What he didn't see was like, God was like, oh, I didn't see that part of you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and that's what the devil should look when he sees you. They should see the large God behind you. Isn't that good? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. I, do, I, do I keep saying that? I feel like I always say that five times. Is that good? Am I good? I'm giving you homework. You have to know what God is trying to enlarge. You're going to ask him. You're going to take it to this place and you're going to rest in it. 
And you're going to go, Holy Spirit, what does that look like for me? And then you're going to go, Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me? What's the discipline? And you move from there. Right now, all he's saying to me is, Abel, I need you to rest, breathe, and sink in. So before I, get in my, before I start my car, I go, I rest my body, and then I sink in. This is sinking in, by the way. I take my promise, and I go, oh, yeah, and I make that noise. And then I start my car, and then I go. That's my discipline. Some of us are just walking into our cars, turning the car, and going, you're on autopilot. Stop it. Be very careful. Be very careful. I love you guys. This help? I really hope it helped. Uh, just a reminder, uh, we have the men's thing this Saturday. I lead it. I usually just talk for 15 minutes, and then we just get into great talks. Because I'm here to tell you this. Our, our mother says this. You can't know yourself by yourself. So I'll, I'll tell you what a new discipline I have right now. So with the guys I talk to. So on Friday, God told me this while I was weeding. He said, Abel, I want you to think about healing. I want you to, to think about laying hands on people. And I was out in the yard for like probably like four hours, and I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus. I, I couldn't get that thought across. I couldn't, I couldn't see it. It was like, man, that's the weight of what the devil was doing. I was like, my gosh, he's using like a lot of his budget on me right now. And so at night, I go, I go okay, God, what, what does that mean? Everyone look at me. God is abundant. The devil has a budget. So if he's putting a lot of pressure on something, you might be onto something. So anyways, I said, God, I couldn't focus on you. And he goes, I know. And he goes, that was the strongest the enemy is. What does that tell you? He said, what does that tell you? And I'm like, I probably should be healing people. Yes. And so, so I go, okay, Holy Spirit, I should be laying hands on people. And Holy Spirit goes, yes. And so I go, okay, Holy Spirit. And I got my chair, and I just like, okay, Holy Spirit, what's the discipline? And he said, Abel, I need you to pray for strangers. Okay, can we start with one a week? How about five? Okay, so that's my new discipline. Every week now, I pray for five strangers. And on Thursday, when I meet with my boys, I go, I didn't do it. <laughs> and they go, Abel, let's go with you. They encourage me. They don't go to my problem. They remind me of the promise. This is who you are. This is what you should be doing. Does this make sense? I make the devil pay for everything now. There's not a day that goes by that I make sure he, 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 he knows my name now. I'm on to him. Does he know your name? I hope so. I hope so. And you do that. I'm telling you, praise. You just keep him down there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this problem. My gosh, you're going to be enlarged in this. Oh, yeah, you just, there's a reason that you, it, it, the Bible says you're supposed to bruise his heel because you praise so hard. It just hurts him. It's just like, I'm going to end with this. I keep saying this. I'm really going to end with this. I'm going to end with this because I, I, I feel led to say it. I, I need you to know what the devil thinks about us. In Job 2, the devil tells God this. Skin for skin, they'll always choose their own life. In other words, when pressure is applied, they'll always, they'll always choose self-preservation. They're just like me. That's what the devil thinks about us. That skin for skin, we look just like him. That it's all about me, myself, and I. That's what the devil thinks about us. 
that it's all about self-preservation, that self-preservation will reign at the end of the day. But I got good news for you. You know that selfish person? (laughs) He's dead. (laughs) He's been murdered. Absolutely murdered. Romans 6. For the death that he died, he died to your old nature completely. So I'll end with this, I promise. (laughs) Oh, gosh, this is going to hurt. Everyone say no condemnation. condemnation. Because here's the truth. This this, this one's going to hurt. It's okay, though. It's a good hurt. I'll end with this and I'll say amen, I promise. So if the Holy Spirit is not everything to you, it means you're about you. It's about me, myself, and I. Because the Holy Spirit will make you look like him. And he endures. He lays his life down. He doesn't lose. And he chooses to suffer patiently to show how much he loves us. And we get the honor of doing the same thing for others. To suffer patiently to show how much our Father loves those people. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for today. Everyone say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Help. Help. Say, I'm excited. I need you. I give you full permission to overwhelm me with truth. Holy Spirit, what aspect of the Father's love do you want to enlarge? He'll speak. the first thing that comes up. You're his son and daughter. He speaks to you. Don't make it difficult. All right. I love you guys. I'm going to go play with your kids before you pick them up. Everyone, real quick, just say this. Just say, Father, I'm so yours. Hearing you is so easy. I'm not going to make it difficult. I'm your favorite. And it's not my fault. Amen. All right. I love you guys.